Peace and greetings. Presenting the Network of Awareness Podcast Radio Station. Providing in-depth information on society and culture in America and abroad. Bringing you truth messages of inspiration, keen insight, reputable interviews, and so much more. So now, for the truth you've been waiting for, your host of the Network of Awareness Podcast. Aura! Aura! The informationalist. 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 Just tell me what's happening to me in plain English with, without the mumbo jumbo. You are now tuned in to the network of awareness. To the network of awareness. To the network of Yes, peace and greetings, people, and welcome to the Network of Awareness podcast radio station. And uh, we got a great show lined up today for season five. And like I told you, people, I'm going to be interviewing people from all different walks of life. And for this great understandings episode, we have an episode that is called Building a Foundation. And the man that I'm going to bring on to the show today is ju- is doing just that. And he's doing it through the Most High and Christ. And he's building a foundation that is for the Most High. And he's just being a servant like we all should be. So, I'm going to be bringing on to the show a man by the name of Ban Lazarus. And he's out here in the Tampa Bay area, folks. So, we're going to be giving out information on how to get in contact with him And then of course if you want to follow up You can actually join these meetings in person And um, get a great education on what the scriptures really mean And like always um, When you live in the present There's always an opportunity for a new beginning So here's a man that is building a foundation And a new beginning So we're going to start it off like we always do by giving him a warm welcome and a warm round of applause. So I'm going to let this beat rock out for just a minute and then we'll be right back. Yes, yes. Peace and greetings and welcome to the show, 
Brother Bam hey, Lazarus. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Peace and blessings, shalom, brother. Peace and blessings. Shalom. The water aura for having me on. Yes, peace and blessings. Yes, it's quite a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show because I know you're doing some great things. And uh, this show is all about great understandings and realizing that the most high is within all of us. If we choose to accept that and, and understand that for what it is as spiritual beings having a physical experience. And um, if you could just let the listeners know just a brief introduction to who you are and what you're doing. And um, then Yo, we'll get this, uh, uh, we'll get this uh, show wada, started. I appreciate it. The Wada meaning uh, thank you in Hebrew, our, uh, our uh, Paleo Hebrew language. But uh, the Wada, I uh, appreciate you uh, having me on, Brother Aura. Um, but yeah, just a quick introduction to myself. First and foremost, giving all praise, honor, and glory to Yahweh Shem Chai. That's uh, giving all praises to the Father and the Son, uh, making all this possible uh, for us to endure and keeping and serving the King of Kings. Yahweh Mashiach. Uh, my name is Brother Lazarus. Uh, Bam, most know me by Bam Lazarus of No Cap, uh, abbreviated Nations of Kings and Priests. Uh, we're an organization, uh, faith-based organization of uh, our identity that uh, identifies as the Israelites of the Bible, uh, being the so-called Blacks, Hispanics, and Native Indians uh, that we see today as them being the Israelites. So we, um, we teach uh, them their identity, how to repent, how to come back to the Lord, how to serve the Most High, and also, you know, obviously putting in the work as we do as laborers uh, uh, in the field of, uh, of Yahweh, of, of the Lord, uh, to, uh, you know, to put in our brick uh, for the kingdom of heaven that is to come. Uh, we located in uh, Tampa, Florida. We have organizations in Cali. Uh, North Carolina, uh, Bahamas as well, uh, you know, and and trying to spread the word in sincerity and in truth, man. You know, there's a lot a lot of that is is unknown today. So, you know, it's it's a blessing and an honor uh, to do that today. Well, thank you for that introduction. And um, let's get right into this because uh, I, I really want the listeners to hear your testimony because I know it's a great one. It's one of great understanding. And um, I want to start from the beginning, the nucleus to all this. Now, one of the things that I love that you do is that you're educating um, Latinos about their true heritage uh, when it comes to who we are as a people. And um, before we get into that, let's talk about your background and how you came up. And, you know, you grew up for those that are, my, by the way, my strongest listenership throughout the years that okay. I've been, I've been doing this for a little over two years is in Florida. So uh, it's a beautiful day. Right, right, right. I thought it was going to be New York, which is not too far off. But, uh, you know, I got to, I got to give props to props okay. to which is Florida has shown a lot of love. So. With that being said, talk about your upbringings and your belief systems as you were being taught, right? As we all are molded in, as children by our parents or whoever's our guardian at the time, teaching us what is supposedly right from wrong. And most of the time it's from their perspectives and what they've learned. So what was your yeah, upbringing um, like in Miami? You know, typical uh, Latino or native uh, uh, underbringing, right? Which is heavy Catholic, heavy Catholicism uh, in the beginning of my life. My parents were not um, active members of the church, but obviously it was part of the tradition. Growing up Latino and Hispanic, that is your tradition, is your religion. And I would say, you know, good, good percentage of that is Catholicism. So, you know, me as a young age, me not knowing anything. And obviously, you know, the way Catholicism works, you're baptized as a child. I, re I have pictures of that being baptized. 
but don't recall it, you know? So, um, you know, that, that was the first upbringing, um, uh, obviously grew up in Miami, Florida, or was born and raised in Miami, Florida. So obviously a heavy, you know, Latino, uh, uh, you know, Catholic upbringing, but like many of us, you know, like many of us growing up, never asking the questions, you know, uh, seeing things uh, that happen, but never asking why and, or never questioning why or, or the authority why, you know, like a lot of us, when we, we grow up, we say, okay, this is what it's supposed to be. And we never question it like, you know, like a good sheep, you know. Uh, and, and, but, you know, as you grow older, you know, obviously, you know, you ask questions, but, you know, going back to my, my, in my, uh, uh home, you know, my father, uh, you know, you know, uh, cursed the most high. He never, he never instilled, uh, the fear of God in me, you know, and it's unlike a lot of, uh, different other, you know, uh, homes, he took it away, you know? So, through a very, very large uh, time in my life growing up from a, you know, a child to a teenager, that fear of the most high or even even the identity of a higher being being there was not there or instilled in me, you know. So it was a lot of a lot of darkness there, you know. However, you know, like the scripture says in Romans, you know, the, the spirit bear witness that we are the sons of God, you know. There was always something there and there was always a hole there. You know, I just didn't know how to fill that hole. I didn't know what the the outcome was. So obviously, you know, growing up in the neighborhoods I grew up with, my parents coming from South America, my father being of native uh, descent and my mother, um, we don't know her background, unfortunately, but, um, you know, with with our identity and us moving on, you know, kind of going to our family. We didn't have that, oh, this is where our forefathers come from, or this is where, you know, uh, um, you know, typically in a Hispanic or uh, uh, community, the Europeans know where, where their people are in Europe. Like you tell them and they'll be like, yeah, we're from, just as an example, we're from Cuba, but my parents come from Spain and they come here from this, you know, actual city in Spain. My family never knew that. I, there was nothing like that involved. There was always like, yeah, um, all right, you know, our our last name comes from Europe. That's it. No grandfather, no, no, uh, 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 you know, great grandfather. And that and what I noticed when I came into the truth and, you know, in the book of Job, uh, chapter eight and verse eight, it says, uh, you know, search your fathers, you know. And um, as I kept searching and searching and asking brothers questions, especially Latino and native brothers, it was the same thing. They had the same response. So it, it's something that is typical in a Latino, you know, uh, environment. But they will never, you know, they will, they either typically when a person says that they're Hispanic, they're coming from a region where they speak Spanish, right? So, for example, the Brazilians, right? right. They don't speak Spanish. That's absolutely right. But they're not classified as Hispanics. They're classified as Latinos. Why? Because they, they're derived from a Latino uh, background, right? Or or the language coming from it. And, which, and, and colonized by the Portuguese. As far as we're concerned, it's the same people who, you know, from the Portuguese to the Spaniards, to the Romans, to the, uh, you know, to, to the Europeans, yeah. they're all the same to us, you know? So, but recognizing we are the same people, you know? Yeah. So after, you know, uh, um, 
you know, me growing up in Miami, you know, it was only, I, I didn't really have um, guidance like I needed to, you know? So obviously that guidance drift onto the streets, you know? So, um, you know, I was involved in a lot of gangs, uh, a lot of gang violence uh, when I was in Miami, you know, uh, there was a, uh, a uh, not too proud of it, but you know, it was a, a, a most wanted um, a plaque I was one of those most wanted plaques, you know, um, I saw I was selling, you know, I was selling pretty much heavy drugs uh, before I was age 13, you know, making pretty good money too. Um, at that age, you know, not knowing how to do with it, you know, it was just selling and, yeah, absolutely. you know, stealing cars and, you know, just kind of going into a, a pattern of bad habits and, you know, uh, just a, a, a on a road to destruction. You know, um, I felt that I wasn't going to live past 20 because they told me I would not live past 20. This is the system that we live in, right? For so-called Blacks, Hispanics, and Latinos, um, we're built into a system that said, you're you're no good. You're not going to live till 20 years old. That that was told to me, you know? And, you know, even though you got to be a tough guy and, it, you know what I'm saying? It's, it doesn't affect you. You're a tough guy, you know? It did because I didn't, I, there was a hole that was missing, you know? So, you know, um, the, the typical, you know, uh, uh, selling drugs and, you know, going out and, you know, all that built a, you know, an environment of violence. And, you know, I did, um, you know, did go into juvenile detention center for uh, a year and a half in uh, Miami-Dade. Uh, I did go into Miami-Dade County uh, for a little bit as well. Um, nothing too, too uh, extravagant, but you know, it was uh, something I don't wish on no one, you know, even then I said it, you know, <laughs> like if you go to Miami Dade for my, my, uh, Miami listeners, Miami Dade County is inhumane as it can be. Come on. I've seen the documentaries, brother. So I can only imagine. And it's like, it's, it's gladiator school too. Man, it's, it's, it's very much like uh Rikers. Uh, it's like, yeah. you're going to fight. You're going to fight every day sometimes. And, and it might not stop until a couple of, a couple of months, you know, until you gain a certain level of respect. It's really that crazy. I've never, I've been locked up, but never went into prison. I was going to go to prison, but I wound up, you know, most high wound up saving me in the court system. Um, and not be because I was going to go to jail for seven to 10 wow. years for marijuana in the state of New Jersey. And what they did was they pinned a bunch of marijuana my friends had on them on me to charge me with 10 counts of all types of stuff as a first offense. But the district attorney was trying to make a name for himself in a very racist county that I happened to just travel to. And I was almost made an example of, which I still have a fourth degree felony on file, unfortunately, for some something that should have been a hundred and fifty dollar fine. But that's the B system. Right. But talking about that, I want to let the listeners know that a lot of what you're talking about, we've presented on the show before in different ways. And I wanted to cover that to really shed light on how the most high is so wonderful and so great, especially with this testament because or testimony is because um. You talked about the darkness that you grew up in. And like a lot of us, especially if we grew up without a father or without a mother, um, and in my particular situation was without a father, um, it creates an emptiness. And a lot of times we want to attach ourselves to the streets for that validation that we're not getting at home or that awareness or identity. And uh, just like you, same thing with me. A lot of us growing up in New York City, in the Bronx, especially the Latinos, 
and or should I say the so-called Latinos and so-called black people, or should I say the melanated people, we grew up thinking, I didn't think I was going to reach 21. If you would have told me at 15, 13, when I was selling heroin, <laughs> that I was going to make it that far, it's like it didn't even process in my brain until when I got there, just probably like you, when you get to that age, it's almost like you're born again. Like you're like, well, what do I do now? I didn't even expect to get here, but now you are. And I think it's very important for the listeners to understand that as you give this testimony, that we go through these really dark times, but it's necessary in order for the spirit to be tempered to what it's meant to be if we choose to, because we can choose to stay in that darkness and accept that as our truth and just, you know, engage and dwell in it, glorify it, right? right? Like hip hop music and all the rest of the music that's out there, or we could choose to right. start following the spirit. And um, another thing you had mentioned about um, how our people are very disconnected to who they are because they weren't raised that way. Because when you start looking at the last names, the last names, like for my, for instance, these, the last name, my last name is Rivera, which is Ribera, which is the riverbank and it's the people of the river. And it's a family crest of it, of a very wealthy, established family in right. Spain. That's part of that Masonic system of control. And it's like, you start doing the research and it's like, wait, there's more to this. We come from warriors that was killing a lot of those people before they got to put their stamp and, and colonize and take over. And that's why I love it when I start to really look from within. It's almost like I can feel that essence within me. And I'll tell you a quick story and then we'll, we'll move on is that uh, the word Jesus in Spanish means justice. So when I was a little kid, I used to tag okay. up justice all the time. Didn't know why. Just, I liked it. It's, it looked good. I know how to tag it and all that. And um, doodling. So 28 years old, I'm looking at pictures with my moms. We see this highly melanated old lady, but still look good for her age. It wound up, wound up being my great grandma. I didn't know at the, at the time. And I heard she lived to 96 as my father's mother or my father's grandmother. And um, found out that she was part of some type of slave trade in the transatlantic slave trade as it was ending as a child, as a baby. And um, what's interesting is that I asked her name. I said, I said, mom, what's her name? And she said, Jesustis. And I said, what does that mean? Wow. She's like, that means justice in Spanish. And I was like, oh. I started thinking about the DNA and all the things that I've been researching by that time at, in my late 20s. And um, it was amazing to just another confirmation of how the most high works when it comes to spirituality and how we're connected. And um, just to mention to you, which is, I mm -hmm. find it interesting. I can't help but to bring it up. I didn't want to cut you off. You talked about you don't recall your baptism. Do you remember how old you were when you were yeah. baptized? Did your family ever tell I don't you? Remember. Okay, so I, I grew up in the Catholic religion and my mother oh, is a okay. difector <laughs> of the Jehovah's Witness religion from Puerto Rico. So she defected to be with my father who was from the same town as her in Puerto Rico, but my father left to the Bronx and then my mom, mom followed. But our her their families are interconnected, meaning like their marriages on both sides of the family. So what's interesting is that I recall my first memory is when I was baptized, I was five months old and I remember the priest pouring the holy water over my face and the water going into my eyes and looking at the stained glass windows very euphorically. And I recall everybody that was in the room and I played it back to my mother and she thought it was amazing. So I wanted to share that with you because that is my first memory. And my mother thought I was, you know, pretty much lying at the time I told her. But then when I described everything, she was like, yeah, oh. you, you remember then because that's exactly what happened. But uh, going back to your story about how you came up, um, 
you're now coming in, in, into this life where you you know that you're not right. doing. You, it's like we know we're not doing right when we're doing wrong. You knew this, right? And I know that there was probably times right. <laughs> where you had that coming to Christ moment. They call it that cliche saying. And can you talk a little bit about those types of um, situations? I call them the supernatural. Because I've had a lot of them when I was doing stuff that was unbecoming of a man or absolutely, a man of the most absolutely. high. So you can know, you talk um, a little bit about that? We uh, we become an enemy of our own actions, right? Which is uh, the conviction that you need for the repentance, right? To get better. After a trail of, you know, just a life of just living it up, man. You know, li- li- living how you want to live in, like we said, in darkness, you know, in total darkness. Um, there has to come a point, a breaking point. You know, either there's some rehabilitation or there's like you said, that 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 moment where, you know, it's either religious moment or not. Mine didn't hit. Mine did not hit. But the system itself, um, I had to I had to calm down. You know, I really did everything from, you know, uh, uh, being locked up, going into different programs um, where you're kind of isolated. You know, people will talk to me about the Bible. Never believed it. You know, never prayed. Never, you know, none of that. You know, it wasn't it wasn't something that was in me, but I knew I believed in something higher than me. You know, that that is definitely there was always something there, you know. So identity was huge for me, you know, because like you said, you know, as we start researching our forefathers, our names, our location, you know, how did Abuelo get here? How did Abuela get there? How did, you know, our grandparents get over here? You know, these questions started coming up, you know, and all we knew was that the grandfather that um, we thought was our grandfather was, wasn't him. It was a totally different person, you know? So um, as we researched in, um, in Argentina, where my, my parents are from, there was a lot of, of identity movement within the 1800s, meaning if you were native or a so-called Negro, you had the opportunity to change your identity. Literally, this was sanctioned by the government, right? And um, a lot of that went on. So a lot of the identities of the natives and the Negro, what they were called Negroes, or the cowboys, another thing to look over there is the gauchos. The gauchos were a, a you know tribal people who were native and Negro descent. A lot of what we see today on the um, eastern banks of Central and South America, you're going to see ports, right? Those ports are the same ports in West Africa, okay? There's two ports on in South America. One is in Brazil, one is in Argentina, right? So a lot of the Atlantic slave trades, when the Spaniards um, almost, you know, wiped out the natives, they brought in the so-called um, African slaves into the into the East Banks of, you know, Central and South America. So a lot of the cities that, you know, we, my parents came from, came from those cities harbored either native or Negro. So that's a question, you know, that ain't, that's not the same question that I was raised on, you know? So I'm thinking, 
the religions that they're trying to teach us are not the same religions that, you know, we had initially, you know, it wasn't our initial religion or our initial, you know, God, you know, Catholicism isn't it. Christianity is not. So a lot of when I was in the, you know, in the program system, whether being in, you know, in juvie or in the programs, they would try and instill some sort of religious system in me. So me knowing that identity, I'm like, no, I'm not going to, I rejected it even more. Not that I was raised, I rejected it even more. So me not really evaluating it, me not really listening and not reading for myself, you know? So not only was I in the dark, I was godless, you know? So, you know, when, when you look at yourself, and I'm speaking generally to, 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 to the audience, if you feel that there's something that's in need, you have to research it, man. If you feel that there's something that's missing, you have to really, you know, uh, involve the research and, the, and, the, and take the time to do so, you know? So... Man, let me tell you, I should have been dead. I should have been dead. I did a lot of wrong uh, to a lot of people, you know, and and um, in those times, right? I was reckless, you know. So, you know, um, that also was a conviction with me too. You know, the Lord definitely uh, used my conscience. Did, did you ever? Uh, that, did you ever that? have a life and death experience? Yeah, con. Did con, you ever absolutely. have a life and death experience? Uh, so, um, I was 16 years old. We did a home invasion. Um, you know, the they the, the brother had a gun on him, you know, and he did shoot, you know, and um, he shot four times. I I heard I would hear the bullets flying past me, but not one bullet hit me. Huh? That scared the crap out of me. Honestly, hmm. it wasn't like oh I'm in, no no no. It was I, I should be dead right now. Was he aiming he specifically for you, or was he just shooting the, in your of, direction? Of the door, opening the door, and he shot at me. I should be dead. As I'm walking away or running away, I mm-hmm. see the holes in the walls. So I know they weren't blanks. They were they were real bullets. You know, not yeah. one. But they didn't not hit one. you. All praise to the most high. You know. So it sounds like, you know, like you even said it, like you had a, and it's not something you're proud of, but I'm glad that you're sharing this because it's important. You know, there's a lot of things I've shared on this show that I'm not proud of, but if I didn't go through those things, would I have such a great understanding of what actually matters if I didn't get, if I didn't experience in those things that it's really just a battle between good and evil. It's like you, you're not going to really appreciate the good unless you've gone through some wickedness or evil. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to actually do it. it just could be the experience of it. Um, and it happens in so many ways. But with that being said, like with these things that you were, you, you know, going through, what was that final straw, so to speak, that broke the camel's back for you where you was like, I got to be done with this nonsense. I can't be continuing to live my life in this manner. I have to, I have to t- change, uh, uh, how they say, turn a new leaf, t- so to speak. Man, um, when was that one research, you? right? Um, you know, obviously I, I had children, you know, at a, after, you know, and, you know, I wanted my, my children to have an identity, you know, we didn't have an identity. That was really the, you know, the starting point as a Hispanic, as a Latino, these are words, these are names that were given to us, identity, not a real identity, even native in itself is not a real identity. So it, it, it really, it, so I started doing research, right? That's right. And so found out that, you know, my father came from a tribe in South America called Los Mapuches. Mapuches are, to this day, are fighting for their freedom of land today. You know, they're part of the Incan Empire um, and they're there 
you know, my Grayley in, in Central and, uh, excuse me, in South America, specifically Argentina and Chile. So I started to do that research. That was my focus, right? However, I started reading up on what the scriptures were saying and what the identity of the scriptures were saying. And in reasoning with that, it was like, hold on a second. The Israelites were going to be conquered by a, a nation with a tongue that they did not understand, with fierce continents, right? That a nation uh, is going to come against the Israelites because they uh, sinned against the Most High God. The Most High God gave them commandment for them to follow. If they didn't follow his commandments, they will go into slavery. Their land will be taken from them. And this is exactly what happened to the natives, Hispanics, and the blacks. Their land was taken from them. Their names were changed. Their identity was taken. All this is in the book of Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, right? And we read, and as a matter of coincidentally, I have a book here, right? This is Bartolomo de las Casas, right? It's called Destruction of the Indies. So now this is Destruction a priest, of the Indies? a Catholic priest nice. that uh, went into uh, the uh, uh, Indies, right, with Columbus. And this was actually published in the 1500s. But he would take an account of, you know, what happened to the natives. He himself, his exact words were these, their customs and traditions and the way God is judging them, they have to be the 10 lost tribes of the house of Israel. And so he did all that. And again, you could uh, his book. It's actually very cheap to get, but has a lot of information. So as I started digging, this is what came up, you know, um, if I could, or can I share um, that scripture as well? Um, and we'll read it yeah. together and I'll kind of break it down. Okay. But, Let's do that. As I'm reading the scriptures and it's opening my understanding, scriptures like this come up. You know, this is Psalms 119 and verse 9. Uh, Wherewithal should a young man cleanse his ways? Again, we live reckless. We live dirty. We're in darkness. We're in, uh, uh, our eyes are closed to the reality of our identity, of our God, of who we serve in. So how can the, how can a young man cleanse his ways? The, and the Lord's, you know, he's asking a rhetorical question. So he answers it. He says, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Typically, when we reach a, uh, you know, when we taught religion, it's taught to us. Whereas, and the majority of what's taught to us, it's told we shouldn't do the commandments. We shouldn't keep the laws of God. We that's the Old Testament. We not we're not doing that anymore. Or you know what, Jesus. Uh, put all that away. But hold on a second. This says, but if, if a young man is to cleanse his ways, he needs to take heed according to the word of God. That struck me. So now I have to be obedient to God, right? If I could, I'm going to grab another one right quick. Um, and this is First Peter's, right? Uh, this is First Peter's 2 and verse 9. And it reads, um, but but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, unholy nation, a particular people, that ye should show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Right. So, you know, that right there also, you know, made me think, hold on, man, you in darkness, right? All that from the world, what you thought was was good, is not good. What you thought is acceptable is not acceptable unto the most high. For me to please the creator of life and death, I have to do what he says. And and that's just like the obedience of anyone, you know, who's for, for, for that light. You take one step to the most high, he'll take two steps to you, taking you out of darkness. And 
to be honest with you, that was the whole the, the epiphany, the uh, moment of clarity. The the that was the the whole thing. I saw a big tunnel. This was a vision that I saw. It was a big tunnel. It was dark. It was it was steep. You know, it was very very dark tunnel. However, there was a light at the end, and I think that is what a lot of us don't understand. That when we come into this faith, it takes faith, understanding that at the end of it, He will you know take us out of that darkness into the marvelous light of the Most High. You know, but again, it starts with our obedience. And it starts with us making that first, us changing our way, us cleansing ourselves, you know? So a little, little bit about it. It's interesting you say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting you say about the light at the end of the tunnel. Because I, I say something that it, it may seem contradictory to what you're saying, but it really isn't. And I want to explain. At the end of every broadcast, I say, don't look for the light at the end of the tunnel. Because the light of the Most High 100%. is and always will be within you. So light up the darkness and find your way through the tunnel. But I understand the concept of what you're saying. And I say that because it is the light in you that compelled you to seek these scriptures and to get yourself out of the darkness of that tunnel that you was in. And it brought you to all of this, um, all of this uh, spiritual understanding that your spirit was yearning for and that you allowed to, to guide you by getting out of your own way. Like many of us have to do. We have to get our own way and allow the most high to show us his way, which is the right way. And I just want to mention that to you because as soon as you brought up the light at the end of the tunnel, I wanted my listeners to be like, hey, I understand what this brother's saying. It's not so much that... We have to search that, but we, we got to get there by understanding the light within ourselves and utilizing that light to do the righteous work so that we can be approved That's right. to, 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 to receive that That's salvation. I just wanted to say that, Brad. I didn't mean to cut you off on the flow. <laughs> You're not doing anything without great sacrifice. Absolutely. But it takes that faith to do it. I get a lot of brothers calling me saying, hey, you know, I'm in I'm in uh, Dayton, Ohio. I'm in, uh, you know, Spokane, Washington. And like, we ain't got no camp over here. You know, there, there's nobody here. I always tell them, I said, there was nobody here in Tampa. You know, in Tampa, Florida, you know, at that time, there were only two other brothers teaching. And when I came into it, there was nobody here. You know, camp. Camps would say, like bigger, the bigger camps, they would say, yeah, we have an organization there, but they never taught. They never went out to the, to the people. So uh, me and my brother, um, we actually, uh, which he's in, uh, Brother Ruben, you know, shout out to that brother. He's, uh, we, we still together to this day, man, pushing the truth, you know, but um, he was in Orlando. I'm here in Tampa. And, um, you know, in Tampa, there was no one, zero. But it, it took my faith to say, hey, you know, I'm going to grab a bunch of flyers. I'm going to put my boots on. I'm going to grab my backpack and I'm going to go ahead and, you know, walk the streets and talk to the people about the good news that I was told that the, the spirit taught me that, that, that the things that I learned, you know, and I went out there myself, you know, teaching the people. And then eventually, you know, um, people started gathering and then, uh, you know, all praise to y'all about Jimmy Awashai, you know, we are, we're able to, you know, go out there with a few brothers every, every single Sabbath, you know, and teach our people, man. Um, and, you know, the Lord has done marvelous works with us just being there, you know, just our presence being there. Um, you know, he's done marvelous work through us. So we give all praise to the Father for that. 
Now, yeah, do you I want do me to keep this up, or do you have um, another scripture to pull up? So this is, uh, I like to go to Hebrews. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, Timothy's. So this is the book of First Timothy's, and it's uh, chapter 1 and verse 9. So now, you know, we talk about obedience, we, we talk about taking heed to the word, right? This is, you know, understand that no matter your state, no matter where you are in your life right now, if it's if, if drugs are hindering you, if you're dealing with lust, if you're dealing with uh, hatred, if you're dealing with... Uh, a, um, a past that you you can't put behind you. The Most High God g- gives you these little gems to help you and understand that even Paul himself, who Paul is revered as a mighty man unto the Lord, he himself was dealing with things. But this is what he says. This is 1 Timothy 1 and 9. He says, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. There was nothing right about me. And to be honest with you, until this day, I don't consider myself righteous. I consider the works that I do righteous because they're from the most high, right? I'm nothing. But he says, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly, for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers, for fathers, and murderers of mothers and manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for manstealers, for liars, for prejudiced persons, and if any other thing that is contrary to this doctrine. So if you, the Most High created the heavens and earth with darkness first. When you read the book of Genesis, the first chapter, it talks about him creating light through darkness. So darkness was there first. When you look at the moon, it has phases, right? First it starts dark, then it gets into a a, a full light. Don't think because of your situation and where you are today in that darkness, that the Most High can't reveal that light with inside of you. That you can be that beacon of hope and, uh, and, and, and that Yahawashai, that Christ is to us. Christ gave us the platform. He gave us the example. So you can also be that example at any situation that you're in today. If I was able to do it, you can do it as well. Yes. All praise to the Most High for that. All praise. Well said. Um, what was that um, that defining moment? Can you remember around that time that that made you this to, that switched uh, switched the gears to putting? So you don't consider yourself a righteous man. So when did you start putting out at least the righteous intentions to improve yourself and make that switch? Uh, did you? Did, can you recall the moment right. when you flipped? Because it really is a thought. It's a thought that you know thoughts become things yeah. like a lot of people of the law of attraction talk about that all the time but really it's the most high that guides us and when the thought process of really revering the most high and and understanding that you've been lied to like many of us we 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 have to first and this is what this platform is all about is That's really right. understanding the lies so we can better understand the truth because we can't understand this truth unless we know how much we've been lied to and really accept that for what it is instead of trying to defend the lie like many people do through the ego which the ego is going to fight to the very death to defend itself um, when was that yeah, moment? You Can know, you recall uh, specifically? In my research of uh, trying to find my identity or trying to find some research about my tribe and all that, you know, I, I came into the Israelites, you know, and the Israelites were talking about the scriptures, you know, and like, what is this, you know, this Bible y'all talking about, you know? Um, and um, as they kept teaching, they, kept, they, they, they taught the identity of Israelites were what called Blacks, Hispanics, and Indian. And, you know, coming into that knowledge, oh, that could be true. You can't be the people, you know? Like, the people are already there in Israel. They're the people of Bible, right? But 
as you start researching, you read Deuteronomy 28, the uh, 28th chapter about the curses of Israel, right? That really solidified who we are. As you look around in, in the earth today, you look at the ghettos, you look at the, the what we call the monoholos in, uh, in South America, you look at um, uh, the projects. Our people are there. Even when you pull out the ghetto as a definition, it literally says where the Jews dwell. Um, here in Tampa, Florida, there is a, a place called Robles Park, right? Um, they found um, just under, you know, some unmarked graves under Robles Park. In those graves, there were graves of slaves. And the graveyard was named Mount Zion Graveyard. Like, started putting the pieces together. You know, I came into... Um, uh, you know, some groups out there. Uh, one of them was um, Sakari. One of them was uh, IUIC and ISUPK. Uh, there weren't many large groups at that time, but um, those were kind of the ones that attracted me. And I started learning, picking up the Bible, started learning, um, and then really started getting into the, the identity and what was required of us and what we needed to do to really serve the Most High. After that conviction, right, the scriptures are clear. You have to, um, like, for, for example, on the Sabbath days or on the feast days that are requirement for our people, we have to gather together. All I wanted to do was serve the Most High. So I wanted to look for a congregation that I could do that in. So at the time I was living in Clearwater, Florida, I started congregating with the Orlando camp of IUIC. Um, I would say this is during 2015. Um, during that time, you know, I went there, I learned, was there for about a year. And, um, you know, learned a lot. Um, shout out to IUIC. You know, them brothers are doing mighty work. Um, but um, I did have to leave. Um, I believe it was uh, 2016 where um, they did uh, have a change of, of doctrine. I didn't agree with doctrine necessarily. It was something that um, I, I, it didn't really resonate with my spirit. Again, no no hate, nothing like that. Just something that I had to come up with a decision. Either I was staying and agree with something that I didn't agree with or, you know, uh, leave, you know. And um, we chose to leave, me and my family. So uh, at that time, I was like, it don't matter where you are. You have to do the work of the most high. You're not you're not a, uh, a, a you're not an acceptance regardless, you know. So regardless, you have to go out. Regardless, you have to teach. That's right. Regardless, you have to wake up the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Teach them who they are. So that next Shabbat, that next Sabbath, I was out on the street, not knowing how to teach, <laughs> not knowing how to how to really, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, I, I knew how to take down the word, but not obviously not like I do today, but it, it was all faith, you know, and, and like it says in Hebrews 11, um, faith is a substance of things not seen, but yet the things believed. I believe, and I still believe to this day, because it takes a certain amount of, uh, of faith to do this work and believe. You're going against the whole world, man. Nobody wants to hear this truth. You know, we, we see that with Kyrie Irving and with uh, with Kanye West, them saying that, the, the you know, who the, Jew, who the true Jews are. So obviously, you know, even us being out in, in, in the streets on the, on, the, on the forefront every single week, of course we get it. You know, we, we get that... Um, uh, objection. But again, it, it took me with that faith to actually, you know, go out there and teach the people. Not too far longer, my, my beloved brother Ruben uh, left IUIC as well. And, um, you know, him and myself got together and said, hey, you know, let's let, let's do this together, you know. And uh, that's when Nation of the Kingdom Priest uh, came uh, 
uh, to fruition. You know, uh, we've had a lot of, you know, highs and lows, a lot of blood, sweat and tears, but, you know, we are still enduring, still keeping up the faith and still doing it for the most high. And, you know, we, we thank all honor and glory to Auntie Yahweh for that. So, you know, that establishment, you know, came through, but, you know, one thing, I could one thing that always struck us, right? For us to uh, be a good example, right? Because you have a lot of brothers with Bibles in their hands, but outwardly, excuse me, but inwardly, it's a different person. This truth is not an outward truth. I'm gonna I'm explain. The outward appearance doesn't define the truth. You know, it's the inward man that defines the truth. Facts. If I could, or real quick, and our Lord and Savior had a perfect scripture for this. And um, I talked to the wall about that all the time. So he, he hears me say this uh, quite regularly. So if I could share it. Yeah, go ahead, shoot. Yeah, I have a question for you in regards to faith. Uh, but I'll wait for you to finish, and then we'll talk about that. So this is uh, the book of Matthew. Now, if you're not familiar with the book of Matthew, the 23rd chapter, uh, this is where Christ, or who you, uh, who you call Christ, his real name is Yahushai, he is rebuking the Pharisees, the leaders of that time, the example of Israel, or the, the leaders of Israel at that time. He's rebuking them in this whole chapter. And the leaven of the Pharisees is hypocrisy. What is hypocrisy? Saying doing, saying something and doing the opposite, right? And um, this is what he says. And I'm going to start at verse uh, 25. This is Matthew 23 and verse 25. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye may clean the outside of the cup and the platter. So now what's that? That's your appearance. We see that a lot. We see a outward appearance of uh, I am holier than thou, right? But within, they are full of extortion and excess. So that extortion and excess is goes toward your own people, right? The, the, the ill will, the, the hatred, the, the, the I'm going to use them for this. That's what that goes into. Verse 26, thou blind Pharisees, clean first that which is within the cup and the platter, that the outside of them be clean also. So that inward part needs to be clean first for your outwardly part to be clean. So what did I have to do? I had to clean my home. Getting my, my family in order, getting my children in order, uh, making sure we don't uh, celebrate the unholy days like Christmas, you know, uh, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, Easter. <laughs> we celebrate uh, Thanksgiving. I like it. That we celebrate the Feast of First Fruits, <laughs> that we celebrate the Sabbath days, you know, that we uh, um, wear our fringes, we put away the pork, you know, pork is an unlawful meat according to the Most High. Clean that earth. Then now we can go help correct my brother. Now I can correct those who are in sin, but it starts within first. Maybe you and I could do a show called Thanks Killing and talk about the whole oh, absolutely. pagan right. ritual of that holiday or holiday. Um, yeah, I would like to do that because I, I have some knowledge on that as well that I was taught by my uh, by my godfather who was, uh, he's actually uh, a medicine man in three different continents. He's the, He's one of the first people that introduced me how wow. our people came here. In the first place, to build civilization through the uh, through the uh, I believe the fourth or third term of enslavement for the, the Assyrian. So right. I think it was the Assyrian um, enslavement that was when we right. really started coming over Second here on, these, on our yeah. bolts that we built. But um, yeah, brother, thanks killing. I think it's a great time. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I heard it, thanks killing. Absolutely. 
Um, but my question to you is this thing about faith, because I have a I have a brother coming on the show that feels that Abrahamic religion is is really keeping people down and from ascending into their higher selves. And he has this whole breakdown about it's really great, but he doesn't believe in religion. He doesn't even really like to focus on scriptures, which is fine because I bring people from all different types of I just don't bring anybody that's satanic and wicked. Or promoting, I don't allow people to promote homosexuality or um, transgenderism on my show. I don't care who it is. Um, but what I found interesting about the scriptures and what you was reading before and what you had stated is about having faith of things that not yet seen. And when I hear that in that scripture, I think about the word yet. Because for me, I've seen, I know. It's, my faith is not really a faith of belief. It is a knowing. It's irrefutable spiritually to me. I've already seen things manifest within my life that only I can come from the most high. There's no other explanation for it because that's how it's been shown to me to where it's like, it wasn't meant for you. It wasn't meant for somebody else to believe in. It was meant for you to understand where you come from and to believe in, in all this that I've given. So I think it's important when people hear this thing about faith, I think people like to focus too much on like, oh, you got faith, but you haven't seen yet. I'm a, you know, I'm the type of dude where it's like, I got to see to believe. And there's a lot of people like that. They got to see something manifest physically in order for them to actually believe it's true and to know it, that it to be true. But I think that when it comes to our faith, we are seeing the truth unfold present. Physically, you know, some people call them supernatural experience. Some people call them mysterious experience, whatever it is. But that when I when I look mm. at the way the trees and how photosynthesis works, that is proof and the knowing that the most high does exist. And it's very intelligent. I know that's a word that a lot of people use. The The architect of all this, this universe is very intelligent. It's absolute. That is the truth. But it's not so much that it's technology because technology, I believe, comes from Satan. It is the 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 proof that everything comes from a source of creation that you can only begin to understand its meaning because like you said you're nothing i'm nothing in the sense that i'm nothing in regards to what i'm a microcosm of an experience in a vast universe but i am something because i'm a child of the most high and i can like you were saying live in a way where i'm an example of that everlasting light or I can be an example of what it is when you stray away from that light and what what happens to that and be the example of that, which many of our brothers and sisters are consciously and unconsciously living that example every single day. That's why I, I commend you and I admire you for the work you're doing, because we are rare breed in, the, in today's world. We are the enemy of the enemy. And I'm, ex I'm, see, I used to be a confrontational person. So I kind of revel in that battle of being a warrior for the most high. Right, I'm like, bring right. it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> What's the worst thing that's going to happen? You're going to kill me? Then I'm just going to, just that experience is just going to be a lot faster than I serve mm -hmm. my purpose. If I die living in that truth, instead of trying to like, and I tell people, it's like, just because it, even if you don't believe in scriptures yet, you do know that there's something happening inside of you and you got to understand what that is. Right. Because That's the right. spirit weighs 22 grams. It's been proven. All right. So why does the spirit weigh 22 grams? You know, and what do those 22 grams represent? And and I can tell you that I think part of it represents that essence of where the creation comes from, along with the different experiences that you've gone through, through the ancestry, you know, and not to not to go off on different tangents, because we could talk about that on another episode, because I want to focus on your experience. But I just wanted to interject real quick about that, because I think a lot of times, even with my listeners, they're very somewhat indoctrinated the wrong way. 
And I think that when it comes to the most high, we got to be the scriptures. That's it right. can't always be reading the scriptures. You got to be the scripture. You, We are walking, talking scriptures as we live our life. You know, this is this is the story of life that the most high has given us. And we either live it in a righteous manner by putting out the intention with the righteous intent to serve or not. And that's where all the extortion comes from and the lying and and all of the um, just the ugliness that I believe that Satan wants us to to think it's normal and to accept as the light. Instead, it's like they want us to accept the darkness for the light, like in the book of Isaiah. I don't remember uh, what chapter or verse, but it's one of my favorite scriptures because that's what you're seeing in the world today. You're seeing a whole entire population of human beings from all different types of walks of life, different understandings and cultures, but they're all engaged in the same that's behavior, right. which is accepting the darkness for the light and the light for the darkness. Um, to go back to how you came up, because you you've done a, you've done some things that have opened your eyes to the Most High and how powerful the Most High is, and repentance is something mm. that um, I know the BOCC talks a lot about, and I'm pretty sure I'm not going to assume, but I'm pretty sure that that is somewhat of a um, repetitive theme that you focus on um, when when talking Absolutely. about serving the Most High, right? Is repentance? Can you um can you talk about how? Do this congregation that you're building and this foundation that you're setting out here in Tampa, um, how the, and let me read it here because I want to make sure I get it right. Um, I know for short it's called uh, No Cap. Let me pull it up here. I have it here on my um No, you got, and that's No Cap with a K. Just give me one well, second. A, <laughs> a lot of people be like, what is it? Yeah, No up, Cap with a K. Uh, it's abbreviated Nations of Kings and Priests. Okay. So let me pull that up real quick because... Uh, <clears throat> Okay, so people listening, um, it's called, okay, hold on. Right. It's called Nations of Kings and Priests, right? Okay, so Nations of Kings and Priests. Now, you had talked about with a lot of brothers on my show have talked about in the past and now for this new season coming up, which is season five, which you're a part of. And I would love to have you come back to fill up more shows for that for that season. I think you bring great substance to it. Um, a lot of brothers like yourself, where it's like you, on the other hand, you're you're kind of like a, an anomaly compared to what the standard is when it comes to the camps, where a lot of people have bad experiences with the camps. I had a bad experience with somebody that came from a camp that I followed when reading scriptures. And that brother created so much discord that it was like, I was ready. I was so on guard that I thought I was really going to have to murder some people that was going to try to bring some harm to me. That was the mindset that I went into. Right. But I realized that I was dealing with like headset gangsters. Like we call those people on like Xbox. That. That, that, I like that. They talk real tough, but they're not really going right, to, right, right. they're not going to live that life or go into that mode. But I was thinking that and then finally realized, oh, these are just online right, right. people that just cloud chases or whatever. But sure. a lot of people have bad experiences with people from the camps. Like they have these experiences that are very, when you talk about discord and, and um, turning your back on your brothers and sisters, there's people that have families invested in this, children. And then all of a sudden you get like excommunicated and, and all these other brothers and sisters, they just look at you like, oh, you're not getting your crown. You're not, you're not getting your rope now. Oh man, he's going right. to go into the lake of fire now just because this one person don't like that you're questioning things or whatever. So you're somewhat of an anomaly because you left peacefully. 
You don't have no, it's not like you're like, oh yeah, this brother did this and all of that. You just didn't agree with something that shifted and you shifted your way on out. So now uh, being the new kings and priests, uh, right. uh, new nation of, uh, uh, nation of kings and priests. And what I want to go into is how is it that you knew that you had to move on from this? What did the Most High reveal to you? In order for you to make that transition to being part of a congregation that you didn't start to now being a starter Beautiful of a new question. congregation to um, serve the most high. Just, you know, just to kind of speak on it, um, I was ex exiled. You know, I was, um, yeah, it was, no, 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 but, oh, but, but okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're but, not but, an anomaly, but, brother. <laughs> but, um, you know, my, my family uh, was, was, um, you know, went through the issues, you know, and all that, because obviously you go into it, you have your wife, you got your children. It, it did affect them even until this day. However, um, the work, the mission is more important. Uh, if I were to have, and I, I always say this, if I were to have a bitter heart, then that would be my demise. When you look at the work of Leviticus, the 19th chapter, it says that thou shalt have That's no right. bitterness against your brother. Regardless of what they did to me, that's their, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's what they're going to go through. So now, um, that's their struggle. but you yeah. know, I was able to a few years later, uh, actually believe it or not, coincidentally face to face discuss, um, the, the issues or how things went down and it was all good. It was all brotherhood. It was all good. Uh, and again, man, salute to those brothers. And, you know, I, I actually revere their elders very much, uh, double honors to, to, to them, uh, you know, some people may disagree, but at the end of the day, you, you, you're not the truth. You are a vessel of the truth. You're supposed to, That's right. you know, make that example of what, you know, it's supposed to be. However, when we look through the scriptures, what really conveyed and how to really, uh, um, you know, be a, a good example and have, I, I, I didn't want to be a leader. I didn't want to be a leader. I didn't want to be a teacher. I didn't want none of that. I never asked for it, but it was a necessity. There was nobody here doing it. So we had to do it. And that necessity became a requirement. Um, so when I look at my history, you know, my, my past, you know, experience, these are good scriptures that I look at, right? So this is first Peter's five and verse one, the elders, which are among you, I exhort. So now this is Peter, the head of the church that Christ put in charge of the church, meaning he was a head leader there. So he's look, he is speaking to the elders of the congregation and saying the elders among you, I exhort who am, who am also an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. So now obviously Christ was there. I'm sorry, uh, Peter, was there with Christ, watching his sufferings and his teachings and all that, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revered. Feed the flock of, of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. So now oversight is what? Making sure that they're that they're good. I always do that. I don't care if, if it's a Sunday, Monday, I'm calling you up. Hey, brother, how you doing? What's going on? What can I help you with? You know, the, in the scriptures, it said that the, the, the greatest among you shall be the greatest servant. Not whoever has the biggest title and the best garment and, uh, and uh, you know, no, the greatest servant. We have to serve each other. So it says, um, given the oversight thereof, not by constraint, 
one thing that we do not do, we do not constrength no one. As a grown man, I do not have to babysit a grown man. A grown man will know what to do. Um, you know, uh, um, sometimes brothers need guidance. That's a totally different subject. But when it, it comes to constraint, me constraining you, uh, we don't do that here. But willingly, not for filthy lucre, but ready of mind. Meaning what? I'm always going to be here for my brothers if they need. Verse three, neither being lords over the flock. So like over, over, uh, not, neither being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. That's what a leader is. A leader is a good example to the flock. Is my leader a whoremonger? No. Is my leader an adulterer? No. Is my leader a, 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 a drunk or a drug addict? No. These are good examples. So now what's going to happen to those who follow? They're not going to be drug addicts. They're not going to be drug dealers. They're not going to be uh, uh, um, whoremongers. They're not going to be filthy lucres. That's the example that you have. Regardless, if you hold that Bible and you're teaching, you have a responsibility. So now that transitioned into the way we teach. So these scriptures that we're reading is us leading the flock and the examples we're supposed to give. We um we always put Yahweh Shai Amashiach first. Always. Because that's and, and that, by the way, can, is, uh, who can you, you let the listeners Jesus know who that Christ, is? Right. Because that so, is a that is uh, the Hebrew Shai name. is his name, which that will be translated yeah. from Joshua or, or uh, Christ. And Christ would be the anointed one or the Messiah, which is Amashiach. So Yahweh Shai Amashiach uh, would be our example. And that hey, and that and that's the only way that um we can make it to the Father. The Father, we broke the covenant of the Father. We read that in the, the book of Jeremiah. We broke it. So the only way we could be re- Consiled again is through a Mashiach, so uh, which is uh, Christ. So the only way I can do that is by His example. I cannot lean on my own uh, understanding when it comes to leading brothers and 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 this truth. We have to do what the book says, you know. So with these examples of how um, you know Peter, uh, you know, requires the elders of what to do, that's the examples we give. So that experience with the camp, I don't have control over that. But what I do have control over is how we push the truth, how, what examples we give to the flock. And there's a lot of bad examples out there. I'll be the first to admit it. There are. However, there are some good examples. You cannot lump us in one lump and say they're all, all camps are like that because they're not. We have beautiful camps out there. Shout out to the brothers from Yahawas Camp, North Carolina. They got some beautiful elders out there. I know them personally. Personally, you know, and, and uh, they put in the work and I, I actually side by side a council with these elders. So I know them personally. I know their I know their members. So, you know, not every camp has bad examples. Not every camp has, you know, issues you know, or, 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 you know, things that you don't like. My best advice, and this is not speaking about my camp only, but my best advice always is to read yourself. Read yourself, but eventually you will have to make a decision of going into a camp or in the congregation that um, you're able to uh, spirit and grow into. That's the plan. You have to, your, your spirit needs growth. You can't do it by yourself because there's no such thing as an individual light in the scriptures. We have to do it as a nation together. Whether you want to be subservient to a camp <laughs> or school, it just, if you don't want to, that's fine. But we, 
I'll tell you like this. We have a brother that's not necessarily a quote unquote official member, but he still congregates with us and he still puts in the work with us, you know? So we ourselves don't even have a problem with that just as long as it's in order and he could do that. So find yourself a, 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 a home where your spirit can grow and your family can, you know, be a, a one with. That That I do recommend. Brother, I love the individual right, light. Right. <laughs> I had to write that one down. Uh, individual no, light. No worries, Don't be surprised man. if you see that no, as a show yours, title. Bro. Okay, I will give you props because anytime I hear something, yeah, I always, okay. I always reference. I don't just be taking stuff and acting <laughs> like it's my own, like other people. But uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, when it comes to the uh, the kings of uh, the the nation of kings and priests. Uh, your congregation. Uh, How long has it been in existence now? Okay, so you're going right, on yeah. uh, just over five years now. Now, in those five years that this uh, congregation has been in existence, right? And from like from when you first started it, what are some of the changes you can let us know about the changes that you've seen from the brothers and sisters that first started and how it's helped through the word of the Most High and, and through Christ that their uh, their life has been able to transform into something greater yeah, and more some, something more high. meaningful. This, this is where the work really gets done. You see you see the us in the in the street corners, but the work really gets done in the back end. Um, you know, we do have, um, you know, counseling, uh, for marriages. We do have brothers who have come in and, you know, had no clue how to be a man. You know, a lot of us come in this truth or are, we're, we're, we're broken goods like I was, you know? So with my example, I'm able to say, okay, look, man, brother, I got a family. I came up out of, you know, out of darkness. I myself, and I can help you do that. So a lot of the brothers we get are, are younger, um, uh, older, whatever the case may be. A lot of young brothers don't have that example and never did. Right now we have brothers with, you know, houses, with wives, with children that are following the most high that have changed their lives, you know, um, where they were once like myself, a drug addict, drug dealer, you know, and were able to change their life. So now as much as we preach repentance, there has to be an action behind it. What is that action? That action is keeping the laws of God, you know, and repenting from sins. So you repent from your sin, the most high will work with you. So once you establish that groundwork or that foundation, now you have the platform. Now that's the start. So now, you, now you're building your home or your castle or whatever you want from that foundation. But it starts with your repentance first. If you don't, like Christ said, you're building your house on sand, which eventually will fall, right? So um, a lot of the brothers that we have around us were whoremongers, Christians, Muslims, uh, 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 spiritual, uh, African spiritualities. Those religions weren't able to help them and truly change them, right? And not, you know, not uh, just kind of telling you what what uh, experience we have, you know, with the brothers. But the, the, this requires you to change. If you do not change, then most high will change you. And sometimes, like the scriptures say, it is a it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the most high. The most high gave you instructions; you have to follow them. And our requirement is to for you to follow them. You know, no more, no less. The most required of myself. You know, um, but go ahead. I, 
No, I, I was just uh, listening, yeah. um, but I was going to ask a question in regards to the to the congregation. Um, do you have a council of uh, brothers uh, that, yeah, that so, started it uh, out with you? Yeah, so with Ruben, and then uh, right now we do have a, a council of leadership. Uh, we have a few officers, I believe two sergeants, and um, that consists of the leadership right now. We do have a soldier um, in California who's, uh, you know, team work. When, when, you're known by your fruits, like the scripture says. If those fruits come up, then you're able to, you know, gain that leadership. But it starts with example first. Yes. And I'm glad you brought this up, brother, because I was talking to the BOCC last night about this, about what is it? And I'll ask you the same question. I think it's an important question to ask in regards to this, to really let people know the structure that you have there, because every, uh, camp or congregation or, or institution right. has a different structure about going about things. So when it comes to the fruits of the spirit, and this is a question I, I'm glad I asked yesterday because I'm going to ask it in a, ask in, a okay. in a different way so that you understand where I'm coming from. The fruits of the spirit is going to show uh, if a brother and a sister is where they're at with right. this journey that they're on towards salvation, like all of us. But somebody within the congregation has to make a determination to some degree to say, okay, this brother and sister, they, they're, they're elevated. They, they've come closer. They, they, they're showing through their works what they're about. But somebody has to decide that. And I, I'm glad I'm asking this because I didn't really ask it the right way. We had to kind of, I had to kind of elaborate and really get an understanding of this question. But my question to you is, how do you know when that person is ready to take on more responsibility oh, within crazy. the congregation right, based on the fruits the of this again, Aura. Um, I'm gonna go somewhere real quick and sure. answer that. That's a very, very good question. When it comes to samples, it's fruit. It's you know, it's um, one of the experiences that I've learned from this truth. I don't care how much scriptures you can break down. It really does not matter to me. It matters the fruits of the spirit. It matters your example, right? Uh, this is the book of Sirach. You'll find this in the in the Apocrypha or what they would call hidden books. You could also find it in your King James 1611 Bible, right? So Ecclesiasticus chapter 19 and verse 24, it says, he that has small understanding and feareth God is better than one with much wisdom and transgresses the law of God, the most high. So, you know, that I, when I look at a brother, his obedience to the most high, not me, to the most high, his obedience to that will show. Because when we read the law of God, when we read the, the fruit of the spirit, that all needs to work cohesively together. You cannot have the law without faith or the faith without the law. So they need to cohesively work together. So now a brother who has faith and keeps the law of God, he's better than that brother who could break down Revelation 9 and show you what the mark of the beast is. And But yet inside closed doors, he's a demon. You know, like we read about earlier, you know, it starts within. Mm. You see those fruits coming out. So when I'm seeing yes. someone, I see their spirit do their works. Like it says in James, faith without works is dead. So now that humility is going to come out. That spirit is going to come out. That meekness is going to come out. You cannot be a leader and be and have a temperament of a child. You can't. You can't be a leader and not uh, uh, accept rebuke yourself. You can't. How are you going to rebuke if you never been rebuked yourself? How are you going to lead if you never led? 
or so if you never were led. I always ask that question because a lot of brothers love to lead, but they themselves never led, were never led themselves. So that to me is another indication of who should be leading or not. But to be honest with you, another indication that I see too, a lot of the leaders in Israel never wanted to be leaders. Look at Moses, right? Look at, look at uh, Jacob, look at Abraham. These are brothers who were selected, but they did what they had to do. Why? Because the fear of God was more important than acting with much wisdom, you know? So those are the attributes that I look at when, you know, because what's going to happen next? Then you're going to have another brother who's under him who's going to have that fear of God. And you want that sincerity. You want that truth to come out. You don't want the, oh, I just want to reach a rank because I've been there. I've been in that situation. You have brothers who want to reach a rank more than serving the most high in sincerity. It gets clouded with a lot of the the the, uh, the leadership rhetoric versus the sincerity in serving the most high. So yeah, it does go through it. Um, I may like uh, me, Ruben, and myself. We always one thing about Ruben and myself. He is my my confidant. He's the brother that I go to to you know to to check me. I never make a decision on my own. Never. And I never do. I don't handle treasury. I don't do none of that. You know, I, I, I teach and I counsel and I make sure that everyone's on point. And if a brother needs to, to hear rebuke, we always do it through counsel. So I always go to him. If a brother deserves a, a, a higher rank, because we see that he could serve the congregation better in that position, then I'll bring it up. Unless no, then he's got to prove it in his works. Okay. And um, can you talk about uh, uh, time briefly and when somebody showed that, when when that actually came to be, that somebody showed that their fruits of the spirit was worthy of the most high and and, and, and in in coincidence with the law and that you said, okay, brother, are you um, ready to take on this responsibility or are you ready to teach a class or any any particular experience that you can recall? Um, you know, not not too not too far, uh, not too far time ago, uh, but in uh, a brother in California. You know that brother showed you know diligence, um, made every call. But he, here's the the most beautiful part. He was serving, asking us what he could do, you know? And I think that was a major portion too. He was very open, very uh, very eager to get down to do work. And I think um, when you see someone who's very eager and very, you know, wanting to serve versus wanting to lead, that's what I see. When I see a brother, you'll have a brother who wants to lead. It, there's a difference. You have the brother who wants to serve and then you have the brother who wants to lead. The one who wants to lead, I don't want him. I want a brother who wants to serve. And when I mean serve, I mean pushing the truth, pushing the multi, pushing the work that we do. Charity is a tool that is not used when it comes to um, somebody in leadership. I'll tell you what I mean by that. It means those who are charitable amongst their brothers. For example, let's say, you know, brothers have arguments, brothers have discussions. Let's say you offended one. If I didn't have to get involved and you, through meekness and kindness, you were able, y'all were able to, you know, uh, um, uh, work that out. That's a great trait for leadership. Now you're showing a, a, a fruit of the spirit. Why? To love, to kindness, to meekness. These are things that uh, um, are, are, are 
cornerstone to everything that we do. We can't go into things uh, so high and mighty. You know, a lot of us Israelites, we think already hold the kingdom, a key to the kingdom of heaven, and we haven't even made it yet. You ain't there, you know? <laughs> you ain't there yet. You so many, yet. so many like we that. We have to make yeah. it to that point. Through great tribulation, that's how we're going to make it. But, um, you know, if I see that pattern where a brother's, you know, given the love, given the meekness, given the kindness, serve, wanting to serve, those are all boxes for me. And we were able to put the brother in a, in a soldier's uh, position. But to, to be honest, that's probably, you know, something... Um, you know, that, that that we're probably looking to make him even an officer at this point because the brother has proven very diligent. And, uh, you know, here's another thing, too, calling brothers, asking how they how they doing. In the book of Malachi, the third chapter, it says that, you know, um, those who feared the Lord communicated with each other, you know. So things that I see that are fruits of the spirit that I don't have to necessarily, um, you know, bring as in, you know, bring up to you your your attention and you do through the spirit. That's a beautiful thing. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, brother. Um, um, I don't know how much time you had left. I know we said we would do an sure. hour to an hour and a half. Do you have some more time to talk? Or Okay. Um, since you started out here in Tampa and you do focus, now your focus is pretty much on everyone, right? That's willing to receive the word. But there is, uh, you do teach about uh, native yeah. Latino culture, right? Now, but your congregation is open to all people teach, of all different uh, ethnicities. Um, that the so-called blacks, Hispanics, and Native Indians, by your father's side, um, if you're if if you're indigenous by your father's side, if you're Latino or or Hispanic father's side, if you're so-called black on your father's side, we will teach you in our congregation. Um, if you are of another ethnicity, we we do have a a teaching for that. But not at this time. In other words, right now we're trying to gather our people first. Okay. For hit for history, gotcha. for the history of the world, we were always put last. It's about time we start thinking about ourselves first. And there, there's a reason for that. The reason why the earth is the way that it's in today of our downfall because of what we did. So now if we get ourselves right and when Christ comes back, then this earth and the people that live in it can be in the state that it's supposed to be in. Wow, very well said, brother. I mean, that's that's very similar to what Malcolm X was trying to do. Um, and of course, you already know what happened to Malcolm X, right? But um, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, there's this big push for that we all are one. And it's something that I talk about. We really are. We all spiritual beings having a physical experience. But something that you brought up is so important that, and it talks about in scriptures, right? The first shall be last and the last shall be first. But something you said that really just like, it's something that I've heard before, but the way you say it, it just makes more sense to me now than it ever has before. Is that our people, those being of Hebrew Israelite descent, those that had the curses put on them and one of the curses being enslavement by other nations. Right is why the world is the way it is today. It really is. And um, I hope that that can change in my lifetime. But if not, so be it. Um, Now that you are doing this great work and and you have these brothers and sisters that have, as a matter of fact, how how large is the the congregation right now from when it first started? What's the growth? About 50 right now. Yes. 
Okay, two members to 50. And that's great because, you know, sometimes it's not the numbers. And that's one thing I've, I've realized in the last five years, a big lesson that the Most High has taught me that I try to implement in every single aspect of my life. There and it's go. a challenge. It's less is more. Always. Less is always going to be more. <laughs> and when you there do you more, go. you get less. <laughs> But they teach you, oh, you know, grind, do this, do that. But you're really not getting the true experience because the most high is in simplicity. And the way Christ teaches us is when it comes to morals and the principles of righteousness is very simple. We complicate it with the ego and many other things. And the enemy loves that, loves it because that's the world we live in right now. But that's why what we do is, you know, it's met with such backlash and and condemnation and um, slander and amongst other things. But with that being said, what for the listeners that, you know, that have faith, that are studying these scriptures, that are seeking something meaningful, that maybe are in that dark tunnel right now that you and I were in and maybe can't even realize that there's light within them. Yeah that the Most High has graced them and blessed them with. What would be a message that you would have to say to them right now for that person that wants to understand things a little bit better because they feel that there's something missing in their life Yeah, and yeah. they want to um, learn more? What would be of, that message to them? Uh, if I could uh, share my screen um, and I'm going to go to yeah, let's do that. Uh, the book of Revelation, you know, future but you know we know that this is going to uh, be suffered today. So now, great tribulation uh, is coming to the earth. You know, you ain't got to be a biblical expert. I mean, when we see the wars, rumors of wars, when we see things happening, you know, like the, it, it's all lining up to prophecy. One thing that we have is prophecy, brothers and sisters. If y'all are, you know, definitely looking for a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, it's it, it's in the scriptures. You got to repent and be that new creature in Christ that, you know, that is talked about. Now, this is the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and verse 10. It says, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. So now we understand that the great tribulation of suffering is going to come, right? But Christ, who is the one word in this letter, he said, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. You're suffering now. Mosai says, do not fear. Behold, the devil shall cast you, shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation. Ten days. Ten days is a, is a time of completion. It don't matter. It could be two months, a year, no matter your situation. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So now we see the fear, none of those things. We see some of the repercussions. Some of you be in prison. Some of y'all be in prison of your sin that you're going through and that darkness that you're going through. Fear none of those things. Be faithful. How are you faithful? By finding the word of God by following the law, statutes, and commandments, by uh, uh, renewing your spirit every single day. In the scriptures, it pleads us to pray three times a day. In the scriptures, it pleads us fast when we're dealing with the spirit. In the scriptures, it tells us if we really want to follow God, we follow the commandments. Put away the pork, put away the crab and lobster, uh, keep the Sabbath day holy. These are laws of God. So now I'm being faithful unto death so that I can receive that crown. This is the promise by the Most High God through his son, Amashiach. So no matter what your situation, you know, you can reap that crown of life. This crown is not given to everyone. Not everyone is going to get it. Not everyone is going to have an opportunity, but definitely something that we have to go through. But the most high God said, fear none of those things. So, you know, have faith, keep the commandments, faith in Christ. 
you know, uh, be obedient, find a congregation that can help you uh, in your spiritual growth. And, uh, you know, what, what, you know, what, one thing that I always recommend is uh, the scripture says to try the spirit, try the spirit by the spirit. So if, if you feel reluctant to be with the camp or a congregation, try them. I got brothers all, all the time calling me and asking me questions, and I'm very nonchalant. Some questions I can answer, some questions I can't. I don't know everything, you know. But what I do know is the most I compelled us to teach our people and to gather together. And that's what we need to do. So, <laughs> well, okay, that's great, brother. So I'm going to wrap things up right now. And, um, Let's uh let's uh let the people know now. I'm gonna put a lot of for those listening to this episode. If you look into the description box, you are going to see um the the social media handles and the contact information for for brother Bam. And let me look at some here. So we're gonna have a YouTube link where you can get your classes and presentations. Um, and that's going to be in the description box. We also have a Facebook link, which is facebook.com forward slash King Bam 360. And then we're also going to have Bam's Instagram link, which is Bam Graham forward slash or Bam Bamogram forward slash. And then, of course, like I said, his YouTube link. Now, for those that have uh, listened to the to the end of this broadcast, this is just another brother that uh, is doing the good work, that's doing the righteous work, and um, is on the path and quest to uh, salvation, like many of us that are listening in. That's why we're listening to this type of information, so that we can grow, we can understand. But it's also about networking and being aware, and being aware that brothers like this do exist. So with that being said, Brother Bam, um, any last words and your final, you know, final comments yeah, first, uh, to first end the show? Uh, giving all praises, honor, and glory to Yahweh Shimei Shai, the Most High and the Son. Um, peace to you, brother, and shout out uh, Aura, brother, you know, for, for the opportunity. You know, definitely a beautiful platform. Uh, Want to, you know, say peace and blessings to the family. And, you know, what I'm saying as, as we're in this journey of spirituality, you know, we also want to uh, research, you know, we're not just grabbing the Bible and, you know, reading scriptures, we're doing our own research. And the book of Timothy, it says, you know, um, uh, you know, to test all things, you know, and we have to test them, see if they see if they're manageable, see if they work for us, see if that's the truth. Christ says that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. A lot of us are in that place of darkness and the truth will set us free, you know. So uh, my, my encourage you to, you know, pick up this Bible, read it, you know, search your family's history. If you are a so-called black, Hispanic or native Indian in you know, the state of Florida, definitely, you know, uh, check us out. Uh, hit me up on any of the uh, social medias, Instagram, uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook uh, on the link. You know, we definitely love to chat with you and maybe sit down. And also let's have that conversation. You know, a lot of what the world is, is, is deeming as anti-Semitic is not anti-Semitic at all. As a matter of fact, the anti means against. <laughs> Semitic means into the Shemitic family. When you look at the Shem, it comes from Shem, one of the sons of Noah. The son, the, he is a son of Noah, but he's also the for, the progenitor of, you know, the what we would call the Negroes, what we would call the Afro-Asiatic uh, people, and including the Arab man. He's, he's a Semitic, you know, including the Chinese man. He's also a Semitic. So you cannot, it, it's not just ping down into one word. Let's have that conversation and let's discuss who we really are. We're 
we're also in defense of the gospel. So if brothers want, if, if any organization would like to sit down and discuss, you know, what we believe in and why we believe in what we believe in, we are more than open to that, to have a peaceful dialogue. Um, you know, so with that, we want to say peace and blessings and shalom and shalom, and shalom which means peace uh, to the family. I appreciate it. Yes, and thank you for coming on. Really do appreciate it. And just hold for one second while we uh, exit this show. So there you go, brothers and sisters. Uh, we had Bad Lazarus on the season five of Great Understandings. And this show is called Building a Foundation. And um, like he said, you can click on any of his links to learn more about their congregation, which is the Nations of uh, nations of Kingdom Priests. <laughs> That's right. And uh, no cap with a K, okay, for short, for the abbreviation. So, brothers and sisters, let me um, exit out this show. And like we always do, um, you know, like I said before, uh, when you live in the present, there's always an opportunity for a new beginning. And uh, brothers and sisters, I hope that this show gave you great substance and um, information according to the word of the Most High, which is the truth, the everlasting truth. And all praises to the Most High, all praises to our great creator of that which is and ever will be and continues to be that everlasting light. So like I always say, don't look for the light at the end of the tunnel because the light is within you. So light up the tunnel and find your way through the darkness so you can receive the light at the end, which is our salvation through the Most High and through his Christ and through Yahweh, Yahweh, Most High, Yahweh Elohim. And um, peace and blessings and uh, barakata. This concludes the Network of Awareness podcast. For more information on the Network of Awareness, please subscribe via email to our website, networkofawareness.com, and follow us on Spreaker.com or any other listening apps you use. For any questions about the NOA, email us at aura at networkofawareness.com. Thank you for listening to one of the fastest growing podcast shows on society and culture in America and abroad. When you live in the present, there's always an opportunity for a new beginning. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings.